Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. everyone. My guest today is Jessie Sutherland, and she's from Richmond, B.C. That's in Canada for people that are outside of Canada. So welcome, Jessie. Glad to have you here this morning. Well, thank you, Chantal. It's just great to be here. And let's start right off with what's your business? What do you do so the listeners get to know you a little bit more? I offer speaking and training packages on uh, how to build cultures of belonging and engaging diversity for organizations that want to make the world awesome. Oh, that's nice. That sounds awesome by itself. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, you also are probably doing a lot of public speaking, but I would be interested to know what was your first, how was rather your first experience? as a public speaker. Well, you know, the first, at first, it was interesting, even this question, because different things pop up. But when I go back to the very first time, I actually think it was after the Montreal massacre. I was the Women's Center coordinator at my college. And um, there at the time, it, it, it happened at a similar time that there was a young woman that was getting rape threats from her uh, co-students in the newspaper. Uh, that they worked for the journalism. So we ended up uh, taking over the college because the um, principal, the head of the college was saying, boys will be boys. And there was no repercussion. There was nothing. So we ended up and he, we, we warned him, we went and had a meeting and said, um, you know, we will organize nationally if we can't come to uh, uh, an agreement and he refused. He saw it as boys being boys. And so we, Sheila Cox got on board, all sorts of, we had a huge citywide takeover of the college with national faxes at the time, faxes coming in. So we had a march through the um, campus and we would, at different places, I would stand up on a podium and give some kind <laughs> of speech. And it was all non-prepared really, except for whatever our key messages. And I can't remember. So it was a very active public speaking with, we had blow horns and we took over his office. There was, you know, probably a thousand women (laughs) in the hallway. Unprepared, but at the same time, how did you feel about that? That's interesting. Um, I remember it was, it was, he was eventually removed from the college. It was an empowering experience. Um, I don't think there was resolution right away. I, you know, it was so long ago. I can't really remember. Um, yeah. But there still- was empowering to know, you know, we, we tried all the avenues, the systems were uh, presenting us and it didn't, it wasn't going anywhere. So we went out of the box and there was an empowering feeling of being able to do this work outside of the venues and systems that we were supposed to, well, we tried to use and it didn't work. That's so interesting because I think it will make our listeners realize public speaking is way more than just being in front of a group in a big venue. It can be so many other things and it can lead to 
a big difference, like you just mentioned, having that empowering feeling that you were able to have things changed and just not go with that problematic situation anymore. That is awesome. <laughs> and that was empowering, but I'm sure throughout your experiences, you probably had some challenging ones too. And would you be able to share something with us and tell us what you learned from it? Sure. I would say the most challenging public speaking I've done is uh, I this year I did a TEDx talk Good and I found it to be incredibly challenging. So my body of work uh, for the last over 20 years has been around building cultures of belonging and addressing so any social problems through a lens of belonging. And um, But I'd never really brought my personal story You know, maybe in small group facilitations and this, I hadn't really on a global platform shared my story. And I'd only really became aware of what part of my personal story is the driving force behind my work. Um, both parents got staged for cancer the year before. And um, I had been through a workplace bullying situation at the same time. There was a bunch of things that happened that made me realize uh, my early experience of foster care is placed in foster care a few hours after birth. Oh, wow. And when I was, um, when my mom, my adoptive mom came to get me at the foster care, you know, weeks later, uh, it was one foster mother with lots of babies and we were all extremely neglected. I was covered in diaper rash from head to toe. Oh, and um, those you know, difficult experience as an adult that year before the TEDx made me realize how much that early experience is the driving force, is why I have sensitivity to work with any culture, any group of marginalized people, how I connect the personal to the systems change, all the things I do the for that first experience. But I hadn't given it voice, so I it was very challenging because I debated how much I would say of my story because it does there was different parts of my stories that might expose other people, but mm -hmm. I didn't realize even though you'd think like now I look back I don't feel the shame, but at the time I felt very ashamed. There was all this shame around exposing this part of my personal story. Oh yeah. So um, it was trying to find what my message was because the TEDx is such a formula. Um, and then knowing which nugget I'm pulling through to the larger message message for the world. And this venue for the TEDx, it was the first time they were putting it on. So there's quite a bit, I think they were quite anxious. I'm just going <laughs> to, I would imagine. And um, they were all to Toastmasters. So they're focused on the technique and um, they're more, Right from the beginning, they were more interested in word counts and techniques and oh my gosh. different pieces. And I was at the excavation of the most vulnerable story of my life. And um, so I'm, I tend to um, be a creative thinker so I can go in lots of different directions before I get to my funnel. And I think it, it, so they were not understanding my message or my process And at one point, you know, did some editing, wanted to edit, you know, wanted to change what my main message was, but I hadn't excavated the message yet. You know, I was trying to find my voice at the same time as people were trying to direct my voice. So oh, I'd say that yeah. was the biggest 
challenge, not only because it was a global platform and for any, you know, anyone would have anxiety around that. Oh yeah. The, the dynamic of a, a global platform while I'm trying to process which part of my story feels okay to illustrate the bigger message in a context where people didn't understand my message and had a different approach to how to get there. So my approach is a little bit all over the map. I have to think about a million and one different possibilities and then I start narrowing in. They were more into the technique and focused more. I would say I would do the things that they were wanting me to do later in my process. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so that was a very anxiety provoking challenge. So what I learned from it, which is your main question, um, is it really helped me understand in even a deeper level, the importance of voice in, in building cultures of belonging, which is my whole work and how, when we're pushed out. So in my early experience of foster care and other system stuff, I've had experiences of being pushed out and those systems, one of the first things they do is squelch your voice. There's no room for your voice. Obviously, as an infant, you don't even know how to talk. So it's even what I was going through in the process of the TED Talk was reactivating that voicelessness. <laughs> and and so I can understand it because what you're saying there, when I work with TEDx speakers, it's exactly what I see them going through. Sometimes it's a really personal journey as much as it is creating an engaging and memorable talk because they have to be vulnerable. What you're saying there, it's really that. You had to dig in and see, okay, until I'll, how far am I willing to go in that vulnerable way of giving out my message? So that's, I, oh, I can totally see how that must have been stressful. It was, but you know, the gift in it is that, um, I'm more clear in my messaging and my work and my speaking and training about how uh, human dignity and voice are so linked and oh, how we have to create the conditions for people to have the radical courage to get in touch with their core message and what they want to contribute to the world. And so I do that naturally because I have such a sensitivity to belonging and exclusion I hadn't, though, given voice to that part of the message or articulated it. So going through it has helped me really uh, bolster how I communicate this piece and why the people with lived experience of any social problems are key oh, to absolutely. addressing the problem. So I have new tools to articulate it because I had to kind of go in the, <laughs> the tunnel <laughs> despair or tunnel of challenge or I don't know how you want to talk about it but, uh, yeah. but you're right they pro you were probably put it in a situation that technique was put forward way too soon because that can be pushed a little bit further down the road you have to go through yeah what's the messaging how does that person own her message how comfortable she is and making sure the message resonates with you so it will resonate with the audience. But it all comes down to, yes, you did learn a lot because now, as you mentioned, you have a more focused message because you had to go through that and realize, oh, geez, where do I want to go with this? 
So there's always a positive thing, positive thing to take out from a challenging experience when we're on stage. And it's helped me understand the systems piece of cultures of belonging. So one thing I look for when I help organizations is what is the opportunity for a anonymous or confidential or supported feedback loop? If there isn't one, that's another sign that we're in a system of exclusion and how voice and support is so critical. Oh, I love your story. That's really interesting because I'm sure listeners will be able to grasp that whatever you're, the way you're going through a public speaking event, you will gain a lot from it, whether it's a little bit challenging or as my other question is, what would be your greatest memory? Because we do have some great memories when we take the stage and usually we have something that triggers it. So tell us about it. Well, you know, I think that my most enjoyable, definitely my most enjoyable public speaking uh, experience was I was asked to be um, the keynote speaker for a provincial conference in Alberta called Fostering a Restorative Worldview. And it was bringing restorative justice practitioners from all over the province. And I decided they they wanted me to um, bring forward my work on belonging. So I, I, the project, the initiative is called Finding Home, How to Belong in a Changing World. And my book is Worldview Skills, How to Transform Conflict from the Inside Out. So they sort of wanted a merging of that. So A, yum, yum. And <laughs> B, um, they wanted to orchestrate the conference around my body of work. So I had a keynote oh. and a whole next day for people to go into small groups and um, do application pieces for their own work. So as someone that's committed to the world uh, and and working with others to make it awesome, to be able to have um, go beyond the words and to people to dig down to start um, looking at applications and coming up with action plans, that was super rewarding. But the other piece that was rewarding was I decided to use um, The Wizard of Oz, Lessons from the Wizard of Oz, as one of my pieces. And... Oh, um, nice. Uh, because Dorothy clicks her heels to go home and I'm talking home for me is about our core values. Um, so I use the wizard of Oz metaphor and courage, you know, the different characters and the messages. And I didn't know the hotel it was going to be had the theme of wizard of Oz, the yellow brick roll road no way. from the en- hotel entry to the conference room. That so, was meant to be. Yeah. So <laughs> two pieces that just made it great and I thought it was just so wonderful to have that kind of diversity and um, to have that amount of time and space to play and also to feel like people are recognizing this body of work enough to want to organize a conf- you know a conference around oh, I that must have been an awesome experience because when all pieces fall into their right place that's a very tremendous feeling. Good for you. That you will remember that for years on for sure. (laughs) And tell me, how do you prepare for your presentations? Um, I try and tune into the audience about what I know are their challenges and what they already know and what their key challenges are. And I also try and tune in to myself because often whatever I'm going through personally or in my work, there is often a universal thing. 
Um, so I do a lot of tuning in and going for walks. I try to narrow, you know, I'm thinking about it constantly while I'm taking a shower, while I'm driving. It's like there, there's something going on. It takes me a, a good month to do a very good talk. Um, not full time, but just having it ruminating. Oh, yeah. And, um, I try to narrow it down to not more than three key things. And I illustrate it um, with simple stories. That's a great live. way to do it. And then um, I am a big believer that um, learning and incorporating new ideas doesn't happen just through listening. So I prioritize speaking opportunities where there's an opportunity small group dialogue. And so I do plan how to engage um, deeper conversation and discussion. And sometimes uh, organizers don't want to have the small group thing, but I'll even after the talk, make sure there's dyads for a few yeah. minutes before we open it up. Something where there's more of an uh, opportunity to reflect personally and then have a collective conversation. Oh, that's really interesting. And really something for listeners to work on because knowing your audience, but also reflecting on ourselves is a really important part of having a great talk. And finally, we're already at, uh, you know, the end of our podcast. What would be your one tip that you would share with women that want to speak in a more confident way? Hmm. Let's see. I would say put your attention on your audience not oh, yourself yeah. and then it'll be easy peasy lemon squeezy <laughs> i <It's> love that <laughs> focused on ourselves that we get anxious and i see myself as a doorway to a new way of thinking or a doorway to something it's not me as soon as i get focused of course i do my preparation in terms of what i'm going to wear or whatever but if i'm focused on me It's not going to go, but if I focus on the relationship I have with the audience and them and what they need, then it's no problem. Absolutely. We can see it more as a conversation with others than being focused on how we'll be looking, how they will perceive us. The me, me, me part is never doing as good. <laughs> no. And then if we see our audience as people we truly care about, and that they have the ability to choose. They are uh, masters of their own lives, and they have a choice. So um, it takes a lot of pressure off. It does. Jesse. it was a joy to have you on the podcast today. I really appreciate everything you shared with the listeners. I'm sure they'll get loads of things they can... Uh, You think about it, but put an application and go ahead and improve the way they are doing their presentation, the public speaking. What we'll do also is that we'll share two links that you shared with us so people will be able to connect with you online, get to know you a little bit better, and why not just say hi and make sure that uh, they get a chance to talk to you too. And again, thank you very much for being with me today. And thank you, Chantal. Look at you. You're creating so many opportunities for people's voice to contribute to the world. Uh, that's it. It's all about contributing and making this world a little better place. So thank you for all that you do and the opportunities today as well. Thank you again. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking. 